You're listening to the Let's Talk Future podcast series presented by Oppenheimer. If you're interested in the economy, markets, and investing in general, you've come to the right place. This series was created to fascinate and enlighten every type of investor. Curious about the latest consumer trends? How about innovations in healthcare or technology? The Let's Talk Future series definitely has you covered. Through timely and relevant conversations, we deliver some of the best thought leadership in the financial services industry. Our renowned hosts and guests explore big questions and big ideas and leave you with actionable insights. In this episode, our guest is Brian Nagel, Managing Director and Senior Analyst covering the consumer growth and e-commerce sectors. And our host is Joan Corey, Chief Marketing Officer. This episode was recorded on December 15, 2022. Thank you for joining us. On this edition of our Let's Talk Future podcast, we are discussing the themes affecting consumers, especially as companies are operating in a post-pandemic environment. A confluence of trends are affecting consumers in how they shop, what they are shopping for, how they play, and how they are entertained. Our economy is dependent on the health of the consumer and the ability of companies to interpret shifts of all kinds. Let's talk about three types of shifts. First, consumers themselves, their sentiment, their preferences, and ultimately their purchase behavior. Second, economic factors. Today's record high inflation, labor availability and cost, as well as inventory management. And third, other shifts that can include social norm changes, the effects of digitization, and even how brands message and market. Overall, data suggests a decent holiday 2022 with sales across the broader retail sector seeming to track at or above plan and generally better than feared by pessimistic, recession-wary investors. A healthy labor market in the U.S. is helping to drive continued solid consumer spending despite heightened macro pressures, including inflation. Abating supply chain disruptions are allowing for a much better flow of product across oceans and throughout the U.S., allowing retailers to better stock shelves. Bottom line, consumers are working. They are buying. They are seeking entertainment and even accelerating the growth in new sectors such as athleisure. Interesting times. In general, brands are managing well through a shifting backdrop and have utilized levers such as digital technologies, product mix shifts, and nimble pricing models to effectively navigate. This is welcome news, both for consumers and for investors. There's lots to cover, and I'm joined by Brian Nagel, Oppenheimer's Senior Consumer Growth and E-Commerce Analyst. Brian is a regular guest on major media. He brings deep insights using quantitative and qualitative data and he is able to connect the dots on many of the shifts that are occurring in today's marketplace. Brian, thank you. Well, thanks, Joan, for having me. Can we just start with a broad landscape of the consumer market? Look, my, my message on the consumer, and I study a lot of data very closely, is that despite a lot of concerns and a lot of percolating pressures out there, the consumer, for the most part, is holding in quite well. 
know, here we are now in the middle of the holiday 2022 shopping season. And per most measures, you know, data sort of say trickles in. By most measures, consumer spending is holding in quite well. So I think the consumer actually, again, I'm going to say, keep on saying the same thing. Despite despite a lot of concerns out there, for the most part, the consumer consumer spending are holding up quite well. Well, let's talk a little bit about the health of the consumer and how that's actually translating into the valuation of companies, companies that you cover and just companies that, you know, sort of face off with consumers in general. Sure. So look, right now you have underlying sentiment, investor sentiment towards retail consumer and discretionary remains very subdued, very negative. You know, basically what that means is that most investors are anticipating embracing for some type of economic downturn over the next few quarters. And as a result of that, they've really sold off or you know, do not own as aggressively a number of these, these consumer names. So the point I'm making there is, if you look at a lot of stock charts right now, the stocks have, have underperformed, they're weak, but that is at odds with a still healthy consumer backdrop. Well, with our economy two-thirds based on consumer spending and companies continuing to develop products, et cetera, for our purchases, that will be interesting to see how that translates into 2023. So companies you know, are continuing to need to attract new clients, new customers to their firms. Talk to us a little bit about how firms are going to market, their cost of acquisition, et cetera, and how they're continuing to propel their growth. So look, the marketing game for retailers and for brands has changed dramatically over the past several years. So now there's, there's a lot more tools at their disposal. You know, companies that, you know, it's no secret. I mean, companies are advertising much more online, using social media, other non-traditional routes, while they're still focused on TV and, and other more traditional routes. So again, there's been, there has been a big shift there. As we pull away from the pandemic, you know, this is more of an interesting, I think, near-term comment. A number of retailers and brands really noticed that in the in the pandemic, and particularly in the depths of the pandemic, they were speaking to captive audiences. Consumers were at home, not traveling, uh, not really doing much. And so it was much easier at that point for these brands and retailers to speak with, to connect with these consumers, and frankly, encourage them to buy primarily online. Now, as the pandemic has subsided, you know, we've seen this normalization, if you will. You know, it's become once again more difficult now for retailers and brands to connect with their consumers. So there has been this post-pandemic normalization. But from a longer-term perspective, you know, I think the, we're, we're still seeing this, this, this significant evolution in the way retailers and brands market to consumers. Let's talk a little bit about the consumer. So are, are they buying the same things? Is there a rotation? What are you seeing in terms of the broad trends and the purchase behavior and the health really of the consumer? That's a really interesting question because I view us to be now in an increasingly post-pandemic world. Okay, so as, as as we move further and further away from the pandemic and particularly the, the you know the meat of the pandemic, we definitely have seen consumer shopping patterns, consumer consumption patterns normalize. You know, gravitate back towards pre-pandemic activities. And you know, there's some easy things to point to, right? You know, we're seeing weakness in home furnishing spending. Okay. Conversely, we're seeing strength again in, you know, in spending on, on travel and dining out. 
uh, sporting events. But it's also what's interesting, there are, there are certain categories emerging you know, that were clear pandemic winners, like home improvement, you know, sporting goods, athleisure, where while growth rates may have slowed a bit, we have definitely seen clearer and clearer evidence that these categories have rebased higher. And what that tells me is that, you know, to a certain extent, and it's probably a function of the, just the length of the pandemic, that to a certain extent, you know, behaviors or, or, or uh, hobbies that were picked up during the pandemic are persisting. You know, again, a simple example, outdoor. You know, it, it seems as though more, you know, there's a larger portion of the population now focused on exercising or activities outdoor and they're continuing to spend there. Home improvement. You know, companies like Home Depot and Lowe's continue to benefit as the data would suggest that consumers are spending more and more to update, to maintain, to enhance their homes. And look, that's probably a function of, I mean, despite these pandemic headwinds abating, we as a population are still spending more time in our homes than we did pre-crisis. So interesting. I'm I'm always, as a marketer, so interested in understanding how shifts really occur and how behavior changes really do occur. And because the pandemic was, you know, so lengthy, these, you know, aspirations that people have like outdoor, leisure, exercise, et cetera, are really holding. And that is very interesting. So that leads us into thinking about you know, companies and sectors who are uh, you know, ideal for investors. Can you talk a little bit about sort of the sectors even more deeply that are and how they're repositioning themselves for the future and thinking about you know, their product categories? Yeah, look, I think you know, there's the good retailers and the good brands are always adapting, if you will, to any shifts in underlying consumption patterns. And we, we very much see that see that happening. So I think about categories like, like I'll take athleisure is probably a good example. I mean, what's happening with athleisure, you know, and these are, this is, you know, this includes names like Nike and Lululemon on the brand side, and then on the retailer side, like Dick's Sporting Goods and maybe a smaller firm like Academy Sports. What's, what's happening is, you know, what was once product that was designed specifically for the gym or for, for specifically for exercising is now much more lifestyle. You know, we're dressing more casually. And so as a result of that, you, you see these brands and these retailers more and more designing product that people are wearing and using every day in normal activities, you know, like social events and going to the office. Uh, you know, so there's, there has been a significant evolution there across, you know, that, that, that athleisure space. You know, maybe a point in the home improvement. You know, again, I, you know, I mentioned that briefly before, but with home improvement, again, Home Depot and Lowe's are still, the stores are really still geared towards you know, helping, allowing their consumers to maintain or enhance their homes. But we're seeing more and more of a focus now on you know, holiday decor. That consumer that shops Home Depot, you know, I'll make a you know, silly example that was may have been remodeling their kitchen at Home Depot, is also interested in allowing Home Depot to help them you know, set their home for the holiday. You know, so you're, you're, seeing, you're seeing more of that decor, more of that seasonal product within the home improvement channel which essentially serves as an incremental sales driver for the companies. Very, very interesting. And these companies are, as you mentioned, making these pivots very quickly and they're making them by listening and observing consumer behavior. And really their, their cycle to change has been, has been shortened. Talk to us a little bit about how both the digitization 
of companies has moved along and helped with the valuation of companies, along with how they're thinking about their experience and really the human connection that they are displaying? Yeah, I think it's a great question, and it's a it's a fun topic to discuss. So, if I there's I think there's two big buckets, right? When I think of when I think of consumer and digitization, I think there's two big buckets. I mean, one is digital technologies, e-commerce, you know, related uh, technologies have allowed retailers and brands to much better, much more effectively, much more efficiently connect with core consumers. Okay, but the second bucket is you know just within the operations of these companies. You know, as, as companies have digitized, the companies themselves have become much more efficient in operating. And so you're seeing, you know, use a, the retailers as an example. You know, what used to be real potential flaws in the retail model, inventory management, labor scheduling. As we've digitized, as the economy is digitized, you know, these, these companies have become much better run organizations. You don't see, you know, generally speaking, you don't see the, the, the challenges of managing inventory either seasonally or you know, across large geographies and then labor scheduling i mean you know companies have gotten significantly smarter how to staff their stores you know for for peak shopping periods and to pull back on that staffing when they can they can do so and, and, and save money so look the di there's been a, a significant what i always say to our clients is the digital revolution you know the introduction of digital technologies has made consumer and retail a much much stronger sector operationally and you see this manifest itself in just the overall results and the return on invested capital for these companies i want to pick up on something that you just said about connection to customers and this a little bit of a of a controversial question because we've seen brands really you know be faced with having or choosing to i should say make a stand or have their voice heard on some aspects of, of social issues. Can you just talk to us about, do you see that as being persistent? Do you see that as part of their, you know, sort of very focused strategy? Just talk to us a little bit about how you see that un unfolding and, and how that's um, played out. Sure. So it's, look, it's been a major shift and I'll use Nike as an example. I mean, there's others, but I think Nike is probably one of the best examples. I mean, you know, clearly, over the last, say, few, several years, you know, Nike has become much more vocal on certain social issues. And when, when I look, I can go back to your, your prior question. I think, you know, the one thing that's helping or allowing Nike to do this effectively is they know their customers much better. You know, because they're digitally connecting with consumers, they know better who their customers are, you know, where their customers are located, the preferences of those customers and such. So, the, but then Nike has chosen, you know, to become much more vocal on social issues. And I think that the tact Nike takes is that they know in doing so, they will potentially irritate some members of the population. But the, at the same time, by taking stances on social issues, they further embolden themselves to the company's core customers. And that basically, you know, then these customers look at a company like Nike and say, look, Nike's more speaks our language understands what we understand, believes in what we believe in. Ultimately, you see the, re again, returns, however you want to measure them, for a company like Nike accelerate because they've taken these stances on certain social issues. Very interesting. And, and the power of consumers is, is being you know, felt in many different ways. And I, I do want to explore just one last question about consumers and how they are really becoming part, I guess, of the, of the, of the marketing. Uh, for a company, and that is ratings. 
how are ratings affecting purchase decisions? How are companies paying attention or not? Just talk to us a little bit because that's emerging and how companies are, are using that as an input to part of their you know, value proposition and products. No, look, it's a very interesting point. I mean, for, from my perspective, I think ratings are reviews. You know, you know there's, there's various ways they're measured and displayed. In my, from my perspective, they're actually, to a certain extent, replacing traditional marketing. Okay, because before ratings and reviews, a brand was based, the image around a brand was created largely by the marketing of that. And while that's still important, you know, I think more and more consumers, and particularly younger consumers, when they're deciding to make a purchase or what brands to sort of say patronize, they're looking at these re reviews and ratings to make their decisions more so than the traditional marketing. So reviews and ratings have become extraordinarily important in driving purchase decisions. Companies are very focused on make, you know, in, in enabling ratings reviews and then in making sure you know, that these rating reviews are, so to say, helpful in driving their businesses. Last question, just looking at 2023, give us your view on how the year may unfold and just uh, an understanding of where you see the opportunities for the consumer and the consumer sector. You know, I maintain the view that the consumer is actually performing well here. Now, I, I want to make clear, I mean, there are, there are definite pockets of weakness within spending, but I think they're still, for the most part, you know, limited. So, I mean, my view, and again, a lot of this is going to come to, you know, to be decided by very large macro issues. You know, at what point does the Fed ease up on raise, lifting, lifting interest rates? You know, to what what extent do either the rate increases we've already seen or those that may come, to what extent you know the, these hikes have impact the labor market? Okay, but as I see it right now, I think if we're having this conversation, say 12 months from now, what we'll say is the consumer actually held, continued to hold in quite well and, and managed through some what appear to be rather significant risks, whether they be higher rates, you know, persistent inflation. Or, you know, or, or a somewhat weakening job market. Brian, let's make a date 12 months from now and see how the headwinds facing consumers play out during 2023. Until then, thank you for your thematic views, for your deep research and analysis, and for taking time to be a regular guest on our podcast. Happy holidays. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Future. We know your podcast listening options are endless, so we're glad you're spending time with us. Don't miss out on our next episode, and remember to subscribe today. Join our community and expand your thoughts on business, the markets, and the dynamic forces affecting them. It's time to talk future.